They've all got Sharpies, and they're ready to autograph your Oshkosh Notam. Back with more of Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Oshkosh. Are, are they talking about us? They are, yeah, as a matter wow. of fact. Wow, that's really uh, amazing. Yeah. Hey, welcome, folks, to episode 247 of Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. We are recording this episode on Sunday morning, July 31st, 2011, and we are once again on location from the flight line of the world's greatest aviation celebration, the happiest place on earth. AirVenture Oshkosh 2011. <laughs> You're are, just happy because you don't have to do another around the field today. This, this, there's a lot exactly to that. Right. Yeah, there's a lot to that. Uh, once again, we are the guest of our good friends at EAA Radio, and we are recording this from the EAA Radio's front porch up here on the second level of their building out on the flight line at Whitman Field. And uh, we're going to have a good time this morning. The airplanes are taking off right in front of us. We're going to be able to spot a lot of interesting airplanes this morning. Oh, yeah. This is, um, there's a stagger wing. Um, some home built, um, a three, an early 310. I don't know what that is on the roll. Um, that's a, ooh, I don't know. You're very, you know, yeah. your, your, your garden variety Skyhawks and, and 182 and yep. a Lake Amphibian, a Mooney, um, assorted tail draggers. A Stinson. Stinson. Yep. Stinson. Um, no, Lancer out on the run. Ford Trimotor just taxied by and Looks like a 310 There's, there's over more there. coming. Yeah. There's more coming. So it's. Uh, and let me identify some of my friends up here on the get on the uh, porch while we're at, before we go much further. Uh, joining me here up on the EAA front porch is uh, uh, that was Jeb Burnside talking. How you doing, Jeb? I'm fine. Good yeah. morning to you and good morning to our listeners. And I can't uh, tell you how much we appreciate you getting up early in the morning. Well, I, you know, it's the least I could do. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's not so much getting up. It's it's more a matter of. Uh, being productive and, and, of course, you know, turning that ignition key. I know, yeah. And Dave Higdon's here. Hi, Dave. How are you doing this morning? Ah, man. This feels so good! <laughs> I know. It's a lot of fun to be out here. Uh, also with us this morning is uh, James Winbrand. Hi, James. How are good you Good morning. I'm doing fantastic. How could you not be in this That's place? Exactly Isn't it great? Right. Isn't it great? And Randy's here as well. He's taking some pictures right now. He'll be joining us in a little while. And uh, uh, let, uh, Randy, say hi to the microphone right there. Hi, Jack. Hi. So uh, you can tell he's the official UCAP photographer because he's got his ball cap on backward. <laughs> That's right. So for anyone who's not familiar uh, with the uh, geography here, we are uh, in the EAA radio building. We're up on the second level. They have a front porch out on the uh, the front of the building, which is the side that faces runway uh, 1836. We're looking at the blue dot. The blue dot you're is You're right arriving out here. on 18, and the controller says, land on the blue dot. We'll wave at you. That's right. All sorts of airplanes are uh, queued up here for departure to the south. Uh, it's a pretty interesting, if you've never seen it before, The not only are there a lot of them queued up, but when they actually taxi out into, I'm sorry, not in position, uh, uh, wait, line, line up, up and, and wait. wait, line up and wait, line up and wait. They actually have. There are. I see currently four airplanes uh, lined up and waiting right now. There, side by side, two rows. And that's what? not counting one on takeoff plus, roll. Plus one on the roll. Yeah. One on the roll and one lifting off, still over the runway down two to the more right. And uh, so taxiing they, to line up and wait. They pump them out of here, man. They do a good job moving these airplanes along. And uh, world's um, busiest control tower for one more day. Yep. Right. Yep. So. So, until, uh, like, what, tomorrow at noon, technically, right? That's, That's about the time we leave, yeah. The procedure goes until noon, though, I think. I, 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 so. I'm, I don't know. I think it shuts down tonight, actually. Yeah. 
Let's talk a little bit about what the week. So we're this is as you mentioned, final day. Uh, it's been quite a week. It's been kind of ups and downs, and and uh, I. All good, but lots of twists and turns this week. It's uh, the weather was generally good, although it got a little little wet in the middle. Uh, and we had a, a just a a, a a a big bad wolf of a big blow yesterday yeah. afternoon for and, about and ten minutes. Really, really surprising gusts. We did have that through. And what's this airplane flying overhead here? It's a B seventeen. B seventeen. We only see the bottom of it, so we can't quite identify it. It's probably it's a B-17. the EAA. It's probably the EAA B seventeen. Um, flying right overhead. Is, what would you say? That's about a thousand feet. Two thousand. Yeah, thousand. Thousand feet. It's uh, flying right down the, the uh, flying right down the one eight uh, center line here overhead. You don't see that at your regular grassroots. You don't strip. see that yeah. at your regular yeah. uh, uh, residential airport either. So we had a little rain earlier in the week, uh, but nothing like last year where everything was so yeah. wet. Yeah. Uh, no, we had almost no rain during the show last year. It was what uh, right. happened. Right. So the ground the started out amount of water they had in the 10 days before. Nice and dry and, and firm at the beginning of the week. It got a little soft when the rains happened in the middle it of the week. It did get a little soft didn't really in the low spots, badly. but it, yeah. it drained big time better than, than in 2010. And uh, Jack was remarking as we were cruising over this way this morning that, uh, man, there were a lot of airplanes still here. Still here. That's still pretty here. amazing. A lot of people packing up and... Yeah, and you know we're talking about sitting here watching the departures, but uh, and we're still getting arrivals. About to taxi by yep. here. Yep, we're still getting arrivals too. Yeah. That's right. Uh, Ford Trimotor taxiing down on the uh, self southbound uh, taxiway here. Is he going to turn out here? I think he no. Can. He's going to uh, yeah, try no, not to no, run over those RVs. Yeah. Well, but it looks like he's going to taxi. He's out got too. three chances. Three yeah. chances. The Ford Trimotors. Uh, or the tri-motors. I don't know if they're both Ford tri-motors, but they give rides throughout the week. You yep. can uh, plunk down your credit card and uh, get yourself a ride in history out here. I did it a bunch of, about 10 years ago. I did it. Did and you? It was very, very cool. But, yeah, uh, it's really neat. And you get to see uh, the showgrounds from up there. And at the time, at the time, if you were at the right spot in the line and smiled nicely at the people doing the boarding, you'd get the right seat up in the cockpit, all right? Um, and I did not get the right seat up in the cockpit. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't smile right. Yeah, I, apparently. Um, because I'm really cute. I don't understand. I don't you know? understand it either. That's what yeah. Jeb always says about you. Yeah. So, uh, but now I understand you can actually plunk down a little bit more of a credit card in order to get the right well, seat. Well, yes. And, yeah. uh, Might take well, two credit cards. Yeah, yeah so... Avgas uh, av- av- is a little more expensive than it was before. But... Uh, but it's but it's probably worth it. Um, what an experience! What to, to ride in the right seat of a Ford Tri Motor? It's, it's been my good fortune to take to turn around here twice in in a number of years, and it it is it's like such a throwback. You can imagine, you know, the FAs, the the, the stewardesses in those days, sliding down with a little thermos of coffee and you know a little nosh as you're on that cruise from Chicago to St. Louis. To Kansas City, to Denver, and then points west. Yeah. Well, initially they had to be nurses, I believe. Did they, they not? They did not. They they did. In fact, yeah, yeah. they had to be trained professional nurses. Yeah. To get that I, job. Yeah. I mean, and that's. I mean, they don't have to be nurses now, but it's really come kind of full circle almost then, because now flight attendants are really positioned as being safety people more than well, they've always been a safety people. asset, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. And now they're even a security asset. And, and yeah. There's some flight attendants I've seen recently I would not want to cross. <laughs> yeah. 
So uh, yeah, there could be. So there's a lot of airplanes still here. It's really surprising. Well, it, we got an arrival years. right That's now. Right. Looks like a Husky or a Super Cub or something. Uh huh. Yep. Landing on one uh, eight down beyond there. Down what? just past the, the orange. Yeah, a little dog, farther past. Yeah. A little farther. Well, you past know, the it's been a tradition a here. Past the orange it's been a tradition for people to start showing up early. I believe they open up Camp Shoulder, what, like three weeks ahead, and it people may- start filling. We see the air, the pilots coming in before. Maybe it will develop into a tradition of people who don't want to leave. Yeah. Right. And we'll see, you know, well, one, two, three days. We were speculating this morning that, that possibly one of the reasons why so many people stay, more than, more than usual, stayed is because EAA has done some clever things in kind of adjusting when the activities happen during the week so that the, the flow of cool stuff is kind of spread out better throughout well, the week. Well, it builds and, to uh, kind of a crescendo, yeah. if you will, over Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Uh, we had Gary Sinise and Lieutenant Dan Band down at Theater in the Woods on Friday night. Uh, I believe yesterday was Aaron Tippin, the Red, White, and Loud concert, and then the night show. Right. The night uh-huh. show was fantastic, and that's something they just started last year. Last year. And what a great way, what a great move. And obviously we had fireworks to cap that night air show, but the performers beforehand is just really magical. Uh, Steve Oliver and the Chipmunk dropping all those little flares, uh, looking like a, a Christmas tree growing up in the sky. Matt so, Yonkin and his twin beach. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we and what a crowd they must have had. We well, we had, we were actually out at the on the airport uh, boundary there, out by the uh, northwest corner, as the uh, night air show ended, and the stream of cars coming out of the parking lot must have lasted an hour. It was yeah. a river of headlights right. and tail lights that yeah. just seemed to go now, on. Now it's unfortunate on. for the folks that it took that long to get out of the parking lot, but, but it's it a sign well. of how many people were really excited about that evening. Yeah, and what we saw was moving well. I could couldn't yeah. begin to tell you what it was like in the actual lots. According to the press briefing this morning, uh, Dick Lipinski said, in fact, it moved much better than last year. Really? And they've made some improvements, so hopefully those people got out a little more quickly than they otherwise would have and were not too inconvenienced and still had those memories of the air show playing in their heads to kind of keep them company while they were waiting to depart. Yeah. So we're out here on the flight line. We're just having a good old time watching the airplanes and uh, and just, just checking out the activities here. It's... Uh, it's been a beautiful week, and uh, we're going to be back. We're going to be around here for uh, about an hour and a half, talking more about airplanes. But first, we got to take a little break here. I think it's time for the break. Can somebody give me a signal in there, huh? That's kind of hard to see through the glass yes. with the sunlight. We're going to take it. a quick break. Uh, you are listening to a special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on EAA Radio. From EAA headquarters in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, this is EAA Radio, the voice of EAA. Here is today's Flying Manners tip from Jeb Burnside. Wheels up should never be before 12 noon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. Well, we got the wheels up a little before 12 noon today, but that's... uh... Well, talk talk to me tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Tomorrow? No, not before 12 noon. So, uh, we're back out here on the flight line. Beautiful day. Airplanes everywhere. And a little bit of lull in the departures. I guess people just do not want to leave. Uh, yeah, really. But some really. of them tuned in the radio station, decided to stay and listen to us. There you go. Well, it kind of depends on how far you have to go today, too. So <laughs> Fifi was here. Fifi was she here. She was. Yeah. Is here. Is here. Is here. Yeah. Tell about. Tell us about Fifi. Describe Fifi. One of you guys, jump in. Describe Fifi. Yep. Rescued from the desert by the commemorative Air Force. Uh, Rebuilt, returned to flying condition, uh, flown around for years. Then uh, about 
I'm going to say five or six years ago. She was due to come up here. Uh, there was a phase inspection due. They got to they got inside the wing and found what's common to these old B-29s, some serious corrosion in the outer wing panels because of the materials. They weren't really built with longevity in mind. No, they weren't. So they managed to find some other chips uh, and get them grafted on, and then they found metal in engine and then metal in another engine. That's right. I remember we, we, we talked about it for a number of episodes a while back because uh, they just kept running into problem after problem after problem. Didn't they have some paperwork problems, too? There was, like, well, an inspection was, problem? Or? That, that was a result of them adapting some hybrid of the original engine and a different version of the engine. These are double-row corn cob. Uh, yeah, uh, 33.50s or something? 18. No, they're not 18. I think they're 3350s or... Oh, yeah, 18-cylinder, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They're not 1800s, yeah. And uh, they uh, finally got all that knotted out last year. Mm -hmm. And uh, Fifi's been touring for the CAF and with the support of Aaron Tippin, the the, the, uh, musician, on what they call their Red, White, and Loud tour. Uh, It's kind of a way to promote little uh, patriotism in tough times and raise money for the CAF and other good causes. Yeah. Now that corrosion in the uh, wings, is that because they were using different metals and putting them together? No, it was because they were using metal that was not known for its ability to withstand corrosion because the airplanes weren't expected to last long. You know, nobody building them in in the mid-1940s or early 40s in Wichita was thinking about them being on tour at Oshkosh 60 years later. Right. That was a war. There was a high-volume demand. They were using the most structurally capable materials, but they didn't treat it for corrosion resistance, not good for corrosion resistance. Uh, and it's a common issue with with parts of the, that airplane. Somebody id this jet for me that's about to pass by. It's an F-86. It's going to get really loud any second now here. It's uh, on the roll on 18 South. He went from all the way at the very beginning. They're giving him the whole runway. Go figure. Oh, yeah. He'll be off at the orange dot. Lifting off right around the orange dot. Or actually rotating. Way past it. Way past it. His nose wheel was off at the orange rotating. dot. Rotating. I, I meant to say rotating at the orange dot. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, the nose wheel was off there. I expected him to get off a little sooner. But He's probably full of gas. Yeah, probably is. Yeah. Chill, chilly last night. That's great. Yeah. Tell me something a little bit about the B-29. Got another one, We've got another one rolling. Tell, oh, here we go. More noise. T-33. Um, I think that's maybe a P-80. Looks like Jeb's commi- uh, uh, De- debonair with the wingtip tanks. Not even. <laughs> yeah, that's a 33 or an 80, one of the two. Uh, he's still well stuck past the orange dot. There he goes. Yeah, they unstick a little differently yeah. than what we fly. And now we got a queue again. Oh, yeah, we got... Uh, well, they all got held up know. for those two departures. Right. And several uh, uh, home-builds, uh, Cessna 170, 180, Twin <laughs> Beach, Skyhawk, Piper Cub, Cherokee, another Cessna tail dragger, 
Got a Skyhawk, uh, two Skyhawks. Got a Coast Guard Dolphin. Yeah, that yeah, guy, a helicopter across. over there. It, it, uh, it was just towed across the runway from yeah. from one, this side to that side. Did yeah. it strike anybody as ironic that some of the biggest showstoppers here were Boeing airplanes? Uh, no, I was, I was going to you know, Jack normally says, you know, by this time of the broadcast, says, all right, what are the two ba- favorite things you have you saw this week at AirVenture? And I already had my answer uh, prepared, and, and the answer is they were both Boeing products. It was Fifi and a 7-8. And, um, um, you know, just being up close and personal with Fifi is, is uh, you know, kind of a, a rare thing to begin the, with. The airplane. Yeah, I, I meant the airplane. I, I don't. I don't. Feel, I don't personally know anyone named Fifi. Now, now, if you do, perhaps we could talk about that offline. No, 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 no. Um, All right. All right. But, now, before uh, we move off of Fifi, I want to, so to speak, I want to. Uh, <laughs> j- you, you spoke about this particular uh, B twenty nine airframe. Tell us a little bit about it, its general mission and what it, it, its history. Well, the the, the general mission of the B twenty nine was. It was conceived to be the follow-on to the B-17 and the B-24s, unpressurized airplanes flying really high cold missions. Uh, as the war progressed, it was focused predominantly in the Pacific because very long range, very high payload, pressurized crew compartment, remote control guns. So as my buddy Charles Chauncey, who flew right seat on them, uh, bombing Japan in, in 44 and 45, likes to say, said, well, we were supposed to be in all this gear, but that, you know, that was predicated on the unpressurized ones, and we just basically sat there in shirt sleeves and right. t-shirts. And, uh, but he would fly the long-range missions from places like Tinian all the way to Japan and back and be in the air for just hours and hours. Uh, and, of course, B-29s are known... Uh, for what you know, however you want to judge it, as being the only two aircraft to ever drop uh, an atomic weapon in anger. In yeah. anger, yeah. yeah. And that was uh, we've we've that, had that, that was the end of the war. As is always the case with uh, Air Venture Oshkosh, we've had a chance to meet with a lot of good friends this week. Uh, we did the uh, UCAP stage show from the EA Welcome Center on Wednesday, and it was a great opportunity to meet with a lot of listeners. And that was really we really thank our listeners who came out for that that uh, uh, noontime event. Um, and, and another friend has just joined us. David, wants to tell us who uh, just joined us here. Well, you've probably never heard of this guy or his business. Uh, Sporty's Pilot Shop, in it? A little outfit in uh, it's, uh, Ohio? I think that's what we'll name it. Y- y'all, yeah. st- y'all still doing mail order now? <laughs> yeah, we sent out a couple packages. That's good. Yeah, yeah. This is Hal Shevers, our old friend from past podcast, who, who came up with his lovely wife, Sandy, somewhere around here. And we brought donuts. I think she's in the air conditioning. Just <laughs> well, we we no, here she comes. We we've known in the past that she's kind of quicker on the uptake than the rest of us. So good morning, Mel. Th- throw a kiss to these guys, Sandy. <laughs> now, how you normally don't get to hang around all week because you're playing shuttle pilot between Ohio and Oshkosh and rotating your crew like like a really thoughtful employer who doesn't want to wear them down with all the time here. But this year, you've had an opportunity to hang around all week. Has it felt like a different experience? It's a completely different, uh, different experience. It was. This is the best Oshkosh I've ever had. Outstanding. <laughs> I mean, I sponged off everybody. Uh, <laughs> I did have to pay for breakfast yesterday morning and again this morning. Oh my! You, you must. You must have run out of people to hit up the first time. I just, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it's amazing. All these years, uh, last 20 years, I've been 
running the shuttle back and forth between Batavia and, uh, and Oshkosh. And uh, actually, we go into Appleton so that uh, we can get in and out whenever we want. And uh, But at any rate, uh, this year with uh, just having a, a valve, uh, a new aortic valve put in 90 days ago. Yeah, so I've got another 90 days before I can get my medical back. And, you know... It's probably going to be the longest 90 days yeah, of my life. Yeah, yeah. But since I couldn't fly, I, you know, I'm going to get a room over at that Hilton Hotel. <laughs> I'm going to get a golf cart. And, you know, I'm never going to get in a car. I haven't been in a car in a week. That's great. And it, it's just, I've been all over this place. I'm like fertilizer spread all over. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, been a good week for you. Great week. Yeah. Just fabulous. Yeah. And, and you received an award earlier this week. I oh, I feel so honored. Uh, you know, at first, uh, I got a letter that I was going to get a, a president's uh, award. Uh, and, uh, you know, oh, there'll be another 50, 100 people, whatever. Well, there are only two of us. And, uh, wow, what a... Uh, uh, I, I just, I'm humbled and honored and happy. Uh, and it's all over the Next Step program where any young eagle now has access to our private course online. And in about two weeks, I think we'll be able to announce that the 10,000th kid has signed up and is actively taking the course. That's, That's outstanding. outstanding. Thank you. That's great. We, we, we understand that sense of bewilderment, that getting an EAA letter right. on a different stationery that says congratulations. We got one similar to that last year when they notified us of the backseat trophy that we were going to receive in, the, yep. in honor of Gordon Baxter. Yeah. And I called up and said, "Was there, did you guys count the votes right on that? Yeah, uh, really. But, yeah, that turned out it's kind of a weird feeling that coming up here and knowing that they're going to pay extra attention to us. But then they put us all back to work. So, Yeah, they. Uh, well, that happens. But you're absolutely right. You know, I guess, oh, it's just another thing at Oshkosh. Because there's so much that goes on up here. I mean, it's amazing. One night we had... Uh, in fact, it was the night of the presentation. We had three dinners that we had accepted. And I don't think I gained too much weight up here, but, uh, you know, you got to slip in and out of these things. And, you still uh, still have some time to walk it off. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll try. Yeah, yeah me too. Yeah. Me too. So, Hal, how's... Uh, uh you still having fun at your home airport? you got all kinds of activities above and beyond the business. Yes, well, besides uh, Sporties, uh, the mail order house that most of you heard about, you know, we're seriously into aviation. Uh, earlier this week, I hit my 50 years of uh, flight instruction. Outstanding. And this is what Sporties has really been. You know, it's just, it was, we have no business plan. We have no, uh, no real budgets or anything. It's just uh, a flight instructor and what... I listened to my students of what they wanted, and then I also knew what they needed. And that's what turned into sporties. But, you know, we also pump jet fuel, gasoline. We run the FBO. We actually run the uh, airport for the county. We have an avionics shop. Uh, we're the Cessna Star for most of Ohio. Part you of have a very regular fly-in, right? Yeah. Right. I was every- going to ask you, yesterday was your Saturday hot dog fly-in. Does that still go on when this is going on? Absolutely. That's unless, fabulous. That's great. It's every Saturday unless Christmas happens to fall on a Saturday. I think even New Year's we might yeah. be open. Every Saturday. <laughs> every Saturday. Every, every Saturday. Every Saturday. And that's this great. is going on almost 20 years. Wow. Yeah. 
tell people what your airport is. What's the ID? Where's it located? I-69, about 15 miles east of Cincinnati. Yep, yeah. You're close to the river, too. And then you? we got I was Sandy's just going to say, your hat, your hat says Sandy's Air Park. Tell us about that. Well, Sandy's Air Park, I describe myself as the world's most unsuccessful developer. <laughs> you know, I got this ready uh, just in time for the uh, Great Depression of uh, 2008. And uh, and in aviation, this has been a depression, not a recession. I agree. And uh, anyhow, got it ready, got uh, the gas in, sewer, water, everything, and the economy fell apart. So we do have four homes there. Uh, uh, Three of them were spec houses, and Sandy and I have just, uh, well, one Phil Boyer bought, you know that. Right. He bought the nicest one. Then Sandy... I'm the world's worst aircraft recognition person. Hang on, I, hang on. I'm listening to the meter run. There's $5. There's $5. There's $5. Ka-ching. There's $5. Ka-ching. Ka-ching. That was a pair of, uh, I'm sorry, say again? What T-38? kind of your? T-38. T-38. They used to be. Did they used to be the Blue Angel airplane? A long time. ago. I don't think so. I don't think so. Or maybe the I don't Thunderbirds think they even used the F five version of. It. Or the Thunderbirds. Might have been maybe the Thunderbirds. Thunderbirds. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I'm sorry. How we interrupted you? Oh, no, no one can interrupt me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but at any rate, uh, we've got a really nice place. Phil Boyer. Every place in the country could have gone, and uh, well, I think he likes Sandy's farm because. Uh, Lois's horse Legato liked the stable that was nearby, uh, and uh, we're only 25 minutes from downtown Cincinnati. And uh, well, if you want to call the Bengals a professional team, you know the Bengals <laughs> are down there, yep. and uh, yep. the Cincinnati Reds, the Symphony, the University of Cincinnati. Uh, you folks can stick around, right? We got to take a quick break here, uh, so uh, we'll be back. Uh, you're listening to a special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace very podcast on a EAA Radio. Special. They're back with more rich of peak conversation that's just cool enough. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. And we're back. I got oh. to fly on one of those ones. Yeah, what, F-18, right? F-A-18, no, yes, I got sir. it right, finally. Okay. For a moment there, we had an F-A-18 on one taxiway, and on the parallel taxiway, we had a Kit Fox side right. by side. Right. Yeah. All right? Only at Oshkosh. What's this little airplane? We don't this, know. This I don't know. small monoplane, low-wing, open, open, open cockpit, one-place airplane. It kind of reminds me of a Warner Revolution, except it's too short. Anybody here know that? Anybody know what that airplane is? That's kind of, kind of a funky, cool little airplane. It really is. Yeah. Really cute. And yeah. it's air-conditioned. It's air-conditioned. Yeah, well, That's yeah right. it's you know, seriously open cockpit and... Uh, uh, did I say tail dragger? And, it uh, is. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I want to hear more about Sandy's Air Park. Yeah, we do, too. I'm sorry. We um, kind of jumped um, in there. Um, How many home sites do you have? And, and uh, I, I presume direct access to the runway there at I-69? That's right. We're on a public-use airport uh-huh. and uh, direct access to the runway. And uh, the homes have hangars, uh-huh. and it's all set up. Uh, right now we've got 12 lots uh, with all the utilities in, and uh, we've got room for another 30. Wow. Okay. So it's Fantastic. A, and it's just uh, Cincinnati is a nice place to live. Yeah. I went there. Uh, I went to Cincinnati 54 years ago and just never left. Just never left. Well, I grew up down the river, across from Louisville. 
and spent many a happy day coming up to see the Reds when I was a kid. And then coming back because they, they brewed something there that was appealing to me in my adult years. But I can't recall what that is right now. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, go on a paddle wheeler up to see the Reds? Uh, no, but I did take a river ride around there. I've been up and down the uh, low, the. the t- 25 miles upriver from Louisville, I've been up and down on Paddle Wheel several times. It's a really pretty way to travel. Well, it's an exciting place to live. Sandy and I have a uh, condo we've been in about four years now, right on the river, walking distance from the stadiums, Ah, overlooking Kentucky. I guess uh, Kentucky owns the Ohio River where we are, so we only live a couple hundred feet out of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. They only own it to the low water mark from about 1812. I think you're right. I didn't want to get that technical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, we have this thing, the Hoosiers and the folks from the Bluegrass State over where that line is drawn in the river. And that went to the mat a number of times over the years until finally a special handler said, yeah, that's where the water mark was all those years ago. That's where the line is. So you're a Hoosier. Absolutely, by birth and by habit. I don't think you know how tough it is to sleep with a Hoosier for 46 years. Uh, (laughs) I got nothing on that one, man. You have succeeded, Hal, where so few have in making Dave Higgins speechless. Well, that's my wife, Sandy. Sandy. You could ask my uh, wife, Annie. Uh, Incidentally, uh, we go on to say that we do live down on the river downtown, but we have our country home. At Sandy's Air Park. Right. There you right. go. Yep. We would be willing to sell it to someone who came in there, but it is, we do have a place there. Understood. Yeah. You'd be right across the street from Bill, Phil Boyer. Yeah. yeah. But going back to you Hoosiers, uh, I don't <laughs> I don't want you two singing Back Home Again in Indiana. No, no, I leave that to, to, to uh, neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I listen to him at the Indy yeah. 500 every year. Just, just jumping in here real quick. Oh, just, look. Lined up and, and getting ready to depart, we have uh, Songbird 3, the uh, uh, early model Cessna 310 that, that apparently, uh, uh, according to the documentation, appeared in the Sky King television series years ago. Um, we also have Boomerang, the, Boomerang. the Rutan uh, twin, uh, and um, they're both getting ready to go here. It's, yeah. it's, it's quite a contrast. Boomerang's going to remember to close the door, I hope. But, uh... Oh, I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. If they don't, they'll they'll figure it out very quickly. I, I just love that airplane, but boy, it's an odd-looking airplane. There you there, go. There, there, the there goes the door. There's the door. There, there goes the door. door. Yeah. It's so symmetrically asymmetrical. I know. You like that term. I, well, it, it's the only phrase that fits. Yeah. Yeah, are you guys uh, old enough to remember the Bob Cummings show? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uncle Bob oh, had yes. a 310. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, he also had uh, one of the original Molt Air Cars, the Molt Taylor Air Cars. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think they I think they actually used it in one of the early shows, the Molt Taylor Air Cars. Uh-huh. Like, he's like coming through downtown New York City or L.A. Uh-huh. or someplace, finding a parking place, and we're like... Do you have to put in extra money in a meter for the wings? Yeah. yeah. Well, I wanted, yeah. I'm, I'm old enough Whoa. to remember that, to remember that episode. You know, I kind of well, like to think of myself as Uncle Bob, have never really grown up. And I never want to grow up. Absolutely. No, there's no percentage in it. There's none. How? Yeah. There's no percentage in it that I can see. None we've at got, all. We've got a handful of listeners down here on the uh, pavement below the porch. Uh, Yay, uh, guys! 
They are, I'm told. So I can see that they're listening on their earphones. They are probably listening to the live ATC feed of EA Radio. But they tell me that it's there's a little bit of a lag between what they see our lips moving up here and what they're seeing down. They described it during the break as a bad kung fu movie. All right. <laughs> Actually, Welcome, folks, folks. You, this is the secret Jack didn't want out, but we've been dubbed the whole time. <laughs> yeah, so. That's right. You know, in addition to uh, uh, the well-deserved uh, recognition that Hal and, and Craig uh, received here this year, uh, EAA recognized a number of other uh, great contributors to the aviation industry. Let's talk about that for a couple minutes here. We just saw the boomerang taxiing uh-huh. out. Um, Bert Rutan was recognized this year for his contribution to aviation. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, uh, Jeb, Dave? Um, well, uh, Rutan, of course, is is uh, an icon in this industry. Um not only for his designs, but just his imagination and his dedication. Um, you can't, you know, they're all saying you can't swing a dead cat around Oshkosh uh, without uh, coming up against one of his designs. Yep. And as, as we're talking, of course, the, uh, there he goes, the boomerang on the takeoff roll. Now, for some reason, he went out and took full length. Well, his nose wheel's already off the ground. Yeah, yeah. And he's using some runway, though. He's in the air before the orange dot. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh, he had lots of runway. I don't know oh, why he went he, all the way back there. Yeah, I don't know either. But you know, he wanted never, to get in front of the whole crowd. It just uh, never know? a little safety never hurts. Yeah. But uh, now we got the 18 is lining up. He's lining up, getting too, ready to go. But uh, another really fascinating airplane of Burt Rutan's that was here was the, I had never seen before, but heard about was the Catbird. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another really interesting design, very non-standard, and uh, a single seat for the pilot flying in front, and then two rows of two behind it. But but, but going back to Rutan and why he is special, as, as it were, not only did he come up with innovative designs, he, he used innovative materials. And uh, his efficiency, uh, uh, the efficiency of his designs was very good. Um, the, the aircraft were easy to build. Uh, and they're still here. They're still flying. We're looking at them right here. There's several of them stacked up here on the in the grass getting ready to to load Heads up. up. Heads Nate. up. Here comes the oh, 18. hands on deck. Now, when's his nose wheel going to get off the ground? Yeah, right. Let's see if he feeds off by the orange dot. I didn't catch the markings. What branch of the service was we? That's we? Navy. Navy. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, he's painted uh, 100 years naval aviation. That's a special paint job. Yeah. But his nose wheel was off well before the orange dot. Well before the orange yep. dot. Now he's climbing out to the south, turning to the right. Hal had something. No, I just, uh, you know, I got to go on the uh, aircraft carrier Reagan about a year ago. Uh-huh. And uh, 5,000 people on board, all young, all volunteer Navy. It's, uh, it's something. And see the, uh, I mean, they can completely overhaul uh, the engines and stuff for the Hornets, and uh, yeah, what a show. They're a complete FBO on the move. That's right. You know, I said to them where they're rebuilding the engines, I said, uh, well, what's the reliability factor of these engines you're uh, rebuilding? And the answer was, better than new. Really? <laughs> and, and think about it. They, uh, they had volunteers, uh, who volunteer for the Navy, that is, but these seamen were looking uh, at each and every blade and, uh, I mean, taking it seriously. And then they put them on the back of the aircraft carrier to run them up to make sure uh, they're good. I said, well, what does it do to the speed of the aircraft carrier? When you're yeah. doing the run-up. Right. That's right. 
The answer is negligible. Negligible. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. It, it, it's always stunned me to think about the ama- amount of horsepower it takes to propel an aircraft carrier up to about 30-odd knots uh-huh. when they're getting ready to launch, when they turn into the wind. Uh, man, I'm glad I don't have to pay that. Fu- well, I guess I pay part of that you fuel do, bill. You do pay some of that fuel bill. Yeah. 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 Yep. Well, so. the fuel bill's fairly inexpensive because it's nuclear. Yes, and, that's right. Uh, they're producing, you know, it's a steamboat. Yeah. All that reactor can do is make steam make, and make, right. make run water. turbines, right. whether it's running a propeller or, uh, or running a uh, generator for electric or whatever, but it, they had plenty of hot water. The yeah, Enterprise originally had, the, the original nuclear carrier had eight power plant systems, four pr- predominantly driving propulsion, two for electrical use, and the other two provide steam for the cats because uh-huh. they eat up a lot of steam. Uh, kind of like standing out in the sun at this place. That's yeah, right. I know. Oh, and they've got a new technology coming online. I don't know if it's uh, in service yet. It's basically an electromagnetic yep. uh, uh, catapult system where they're not going to have to be using steam. It's um, um, And it, it can be adjusted and managed so that instead of this jolt that you get from the steam catapults, you start out much more slowly, but by the end of the stroke, you're accelerated in the same fashion. So there's You've less wear and tear on the ship. Le- less what? Which phrase? By the end of the stroke. By the end of the stroke. <laughs> yeah. That should family help. podcast and AM radio, radio, yeah, radio, 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 live um, radio. That should be less stress on the aircraft. Now something less stress I, on the aircraft. That's right. Something I would never thought about was each the arresting gear. They adjust the. Uh, pressure uh, you once again using steam for how much uh, how strong the arresting gear is mm-hmm. for each type aircraft yeah. coming in and, and the aircraft's weight yeah yeah it's yeah. fuel load at the time yeah. whether it's still got ordnance uh, it's really quite a, a bunch of science calculations yeah. that come this together is, in reality this certainly has been a big week for naval aviation here uh, any other particular uh, attractions and things we've seen here this week regarding naval aviation I didn't get up. The, there was an area of the Warbirds area that was set aside. It was, they, they kind of unofficially named or officially named, renamed it uh, Naval Air Station Oshkosh for the yeah. week. And uh, I didn't get a chance to get up there. Um, did either of you manage to? Yeah. No, you guys were trapped indoors all week long, too. But uh, um, a lot of Navy aviation uh, stuff going on. Some of the mushrooms they just never let out of the office. Our buddy, our buddy Mike Morgan, I believe, on the radio station one morning, uh, renamed it Naviation. 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 Yeah. So, uh, well, I assume all of you have been to the Naval Air Museum in Pensacola. One time. That's a terrific museum. Yeah. One it's of my favorites. Museum. It's I've fabulous. It's yeah. The best. It's absolutely. I was down fabulous. there one year to see the museum and the uh, Blue Angels Homecoming, the big air show that they do at the end of their annual season, and that was a big thrill. We do have to take a break here. We a will be back with more episode. of this very special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on EAA Radio. He tried every restaurant in town, but no one would serve Dave Higdon gooey duck. Welcome back to Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. I'm good. And we're back. We're back up here on the port. So um, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, people, individuals who are being recognized uh-huh. here throughout the week, and I just wanted to kind of touch on um, a, a few more of those. Uh, in no particular order, um, in addition to recognition of Bert Rutan and, and Hal and, and others, um, Bob Hoover, the, uh, uh, some characterize as the pilot's pilot, uh, was recognized here uh, this week. 
Um, in my view, to me, Bob is legendary for his Shrike Commander Act, the uh, the, the uh, twin, what normally would be, a, you know, sort of a business aircraft. That's perhaps what he's best known for. Um, but if you look at, the to- you know, the totality of the man's career and, and what he's achieved and, and uh, what he's flown and, and uh, how he's flown it, um, pilot's pilot is, is apt. Yeah. Yeah, and so he was recognized throughout the weekend. On one particular day, he was the uh, focal point of part of the air show and part of the showcase, uh-huh. and uh, well deserved. As you point out, um, a lot of things that he did, are going back all the way to uh, during and before World War II, um, all the way until you know actually today, but certainly just a few years ago where he was still flying. So uh, um, uh, his energy management routine is the stuff of legend, and there's video that he did years ago. You remember videotape? Yeah, yeah. He got a cup of liquid on the glare shield iced of the strike. Ice tea. Yeah, he poured he poured iced a tea. glass of iced tea while doing a barrel roll. While doing a barrel roll. Yeah, yeah. And so, it stays and planted on the glare shield. And, and never spilled a drop. Never spilled a drop. Yep. What's this airplane? That's a World War II era Russian fighter, a Yak. It was kind of a, a kind kind of uh, borrowed some things from the Americans and from the Brits and. Uh, so it reminds us a little bit of a 51, a little bit of a spit. A little bit of a spit, that's right. Yeah. Yep. The only thing that gives me more trouble than compass directions is aircraft identification. But I'm going to take a shot here. T-28? Yes. Very T-28, uh, sort of at an angle on the taxiway, probably doing its run-up. And Behind uh, it is, um, I want to say, an F-4F or an F-6F. That's kind of an interesting configuration. It's actually a, sort of a mid-wing yeah. uh, and a tail dragger, uh, mono-wing, and... Uh, the T-28's rolling down here. It's probably going to get loud out here in a few minutes. Remember, but, uh, a design consideration when you got 8, 9, and 10, 11-foot yep. propeller diameters is prop clearance. There goes the yak. You can probably, yak, you can yep. probably hear that now. Oh, it even sounds like a Merlin. Yeah. yeah. David alluded earlier to the fact that we were honored and humbled last year to be the recipients of the uh, Gordon Baxter uh, Backseat Trophy from Flying Magazine. Um, it, I, I absolutely want to recognize the uh, gentleman who was the recipient of that trophy this year, um, Roy Beiswanger, uh, a fellow podcaster uh, and uh, a journalist, aviation journalist, uh, a long, long career of writing about and supporting and evangelizing aviation. Um, he is, uh, in the podcasting world, is uh, perhaps uh, best known for the uh, Powered Sport Flying radio show that he does, um, but he's got any number of credits, and we congratulate Roy for being the latest recipient of the Backseat Trophy. And we can send on dusting instructions if you'd like that. We keep ours polished. That's right, yes, yes. It's a, it's a thing. It's yeah, it's a, a thing. thing. Yeah. It's a thing. On a bit more somber note, uh, uh, totally out of the blue, uh, by surprise, in the middle of the week, uh, Tom Pobrezny announced that he was going to retire. I think that was opening day. Exactly opening day. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, we had been here for a while. It seemed like the middle of yeah. <laughs> It was the middle of our, <laughs> middle of our, week, week. our existence here in Oscars um, this year. But. That took everyone by surprise and is shaping up to be a pretty big story uh, out of this year's It Fly-In. Uh, Jeb, you talked about this a little bit earlier in the week on some of our other dailies and stuff. Uh, right. Anything you want to add to that? Well, I'll just reiterate uh, that this is uh, moving into a period now where, for the first time ever, I told resident you will not be in charge of any aspect of EAA's uh, operations. And that's uh, 
uh, both significant. It's um, uh, an opportunity ah. for uh, um, great things. It's um, um, something that uh, I'm sure um, is going to have an impact. As a friend of mine once said regarding something completely different, it'll change the dynamic. Yeah. And that's uh, something of which I'm positive. Yeah. EAA, EAA has, as an organization, has been a great friend of our podcast. And Tom, uh-huh. uh, individually, has appeared on the podcast uh, about three or four or five times. Uh-huh. And uh, we just want to wish him the best. Absolutely. Uh, in whatever's Absolutely. next for him. Him uh, and Sharon, they've definitely earned a little time off. Yeah. And that's so, our T-28 spooling up. Yep. With a big Grumman behind it and a little Mooney behind that. Yeah. David, a moment ago, you kind of gasped when the uh, tri-motor came in. That, was a, he, that guy knows how to fly that airplane, doesn't he? Uh, he does, and uh, you, you, you should be there when he disembarks from the aircraft. His grandfather was Popeye the Sailor Man. He's got those kind of arms. Uh, yeah, it's like that's, uh, that's takes, probably takes a, a little bit of muscle in order to fly that airplane. Uh, he did this beautiful curving uh, arrival off of a uh, uh, downwind base to the final and just touch down gently right out in front of us here. That was the Ford Trimotor uh, a few moments ago. It actually lands at a fairly low low airspeed, yeah. and, and that helps immensely. Yep. What else is going on this week? That's uh, uh, we, I mentioned earlier we had a bunch of opportunities to visit with listeners, and that was really a thrill. Yeah. Um, we had our uh, our meetup out uh, on, the, uh, on the grass up in the northwest corner. The second field. annual UCAP Beer Bash and... Uh, uh, Lonely Hearts Club meeting. That's so, right. Yeah, just, <laughs> uh, once again, we met. Uh, I, I, Jeb, you put it well. When you said uh, we met a lot of friends that we've met before, and some new friends as well. Uh, and that was a real thrill. We we really enjoy uh, meeting with folks like that. A handful of them sitting right down here, um, but they won't hear me speak for another five or ten seconds. So uh, <laughs> I'm. You know, and I want to thank you two guys uh, for humoring me all week long. We did a lot of podcasting this week. We did. We're not quite done yet, but uh, when all is said and done, we will have produced 12 episodes of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast, totaling a little bit over five hours of content. I understand that the FDA is on the brink of approving us as a necessary nutritional supplement. Well, sleep aid, too. (laughs) That's well, okay. All right. What else? What it's else? a dessert topping and a floral axe. <laughs> a, a few people I've run into have been thrilled beyond belief that George Lucas was here this week. Uh, not necessarily to be recognized, but to uh, uh, to sort of com- promote, I guess, his latest movie. Who knows anything about this movie? What, what? This is the uh, Cowboys and Aliens thing? or No, 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 is, no, no, no. This is... Uh, the, the name of the movie is Red Tails. Ah. Okay, and okay. it is a theatrical... HBO, I believe it was, a few years ago made a... It was a uh, made-for-TV film. It was a Tuskegee Airman. Uh-huh. HBO did Lawrence it. Lawrence Fishburne, Fishburne. Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Uh-huh. Um, quite quite a, 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 a cadre of some of America's finest uh-huh. acting talent. And Mr. Lucas is making it into a theatrical movie using some of the latest in movie-making magic. He premiered the trailer, that is the preview... Uh, here during the week, and he'll be back, he says, next year to debut the movie here, like they did Flyboys a few years ago. That'll be cool. Uh, with What was that gill man's name? Uh, James Franco, who just turns out to be a renaissance man in his own right, mm-hmm. played the lead character in kind of a romanticized telling of the Americans that went to fly for the Lafayette Escadrille 
the American airmen flying for France before America entered World War One. Uh, red tails, of course, about the Tuskegee Airmen and what they overcame to become America's first black combat pilots uh, and in what they still had to face when they came back. So look for it in a theater in 2012. Yes. And before we take a break, we're going to come back for one more segment. We're going to revisit with Hal. We're going to revisit with James and uh, Randy and everyone. Um, but before we go into this break, I just want to say that I had a magical moment yesterday. Oh! oh I, yesterday whoa. afternoon. I wasn't there. I was that Yesterday afternoon, record. I saw a car fly. Uh, uh, I I saw the same thing. Yep. T- uh, remind me of the name of that airplane. That, that Taylor's Air Car. Yeah. I, I we were, Dave and I were standing over there next to the newspaper office. We were just chatting. We were out, you know, time to taking a break, getting some air. And I'm staring out over here over the airplanes on final for one uh, eight. And I saw a car on a final approach and came in and dis- and, and right now we got a boat about to take off. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So a lot Republic of great CB. Uh, yep. Come to Oshkosh, you see it all see here. It. There, there was a gaggle of them, four or five yesterday that uh, were in the showcase. Wouldn't that be a school? Could be a school, could be a gaggle, could be uh, a flock uh, of uh, CBs. And uh, I'm not going to touch the flock line. There, there were, you know, just, just stay the flock out of this, okay? <laughs> All right. That's certainly enough. We're going to take a break. We'll be back with one more 15-minute uh, segment after this. Uh, you're listening to a special episode of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast on EAA Radio. Here is today's flying manners tip from Jeb Burnside. Wheels up should never be before 12 noon. It's Uncontrolled Airspace on EAA Radio. We're back. We're back. I, you know, it's like... The time flies when we're out here on the porch on uh, Sunday morning. There's just so much fun stuff to check out and keep an eye on. Uh, we just saw a, uh, a, a Korea-era uh, fighter plane uh, make that curving approach into uh, 1-8. we got another one here. I'm hoping he's going to turn any moment now because he's heading straight for us. There he goes. Now he's making the turn uh, from base to final, and he's going to touch down on Archer. Archer? I'm all alone here. All my cohorts have abandoned me. Uh, David, you want to join us here? Jeb, would you like to join us here? So, uh, we got a couple of RVs taxiing the position out here. And you, don't, you don't have that taser I give you to bring me back to life? Yeah, well, you know, it may, it may come to that. It may come to that. And Hal's back with us. Hi, Hal. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm while I've been sitting here, it's like an air show for me. I see an airplane, I see a V-tailed bonanza, reminds me about flight student Dick Donahue. I see a 170 and I think of uh, being a 170 hour pilot and buying a Cessna 170 with another guy and we said, you know, we had to take a cross country. So we went to Acapulco. (laughs) (laughs) That's style. That's that's, that's smart man. That's right. Yep. One other big story here this week that we probably uh, should touch upon, and that is uh, the FAA furloughs that took, ha- took place. Uh-huh. Just prior to the beginning of the fly-in, uh, a week ago now, a little over a week ago now, um, the uh, FAA, uh, I don't know how to characterize it exactly, but basically ended up uh, partially shutting down and furloughing a lot of uh, folks. Um, it, it seems to have had little effect here at Air Venture. The, the controllers, who are a big part of this event, um, have worked on and, uh, and, as usual, done a terrific job. The FAA exhibits hangar is a little bit sparse. There were very, very few uh, uh, folks manning the, those exhibits, although I expected the door to be closed, and it wasn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, the, I believe the FAA forums were shut down this yeah. year. 
um, although the administrator did appear. The administrator did appear. There were some programs um, that the FA managed to pull off. Um, a lot of those were either um, um, just, you know, they just decided to bite the bullet and, and go ahead with them, or they were funded from different uh, programmatic money. Yeah. So, uh, but it did, uh, did in, in, in our minds, make a statement of the importance of the interaction between the Federal Aviation Administration and this community. Exactly. Yeah. That, that uh, Randy came despite all the chaos inside the Beltway. And mm-hmm. if I talk any more about it, I'll just get. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that we want to get further down yeah. that road. But yeah, except to, today's a fun day. Ex- except to say that the FAA is still in partial shutdown as we speak. Right. And uh, I'm not aware of any um, any real plan here to fix that problem. Yeah, and that's term. my question for you. As we follow this story in the coming, hopefully, only days, but perhaps weeks. What What are we watching for? What What do we have watch- any sense of what's going to happen here? Um. There are, um, um, I guess, two principal issues holding up either a a um, uh, an extension of the FAA's existing authorization, or b enactment of a, a full reauthorization legislation. And both sides uh, of those issues seem intractable. Um, I should say both sides, are, uh, the factions on either sides of those issues seem intractable in their uh, in their uh, uh, position. So. Uh, how that's going to get resolved, when that's going to get resolved, um, is anyone's guess right now. Yeah. What's that? That's, that's an, an ion. That's an, an ion. Well, it's because yeah. it says ion on it the says side. It says ion on the side of it. So Describe it for re- me. Re- reading's a basic skill. Yeah. Describe uh, it for it's me. It's a tricycle low, well, I'm not sure if you call that a low or a mid-wing, pusher with a uh, twin boom vertical tail connected high above the thrust line by horizontal surface. Very smooth. All, all the intersections are nicely radiused and curved, and uh, fixed gear. And I've never seen one before. I've never seen one before like that either. But good for them for making the name yeah. big enough to read from 150 feet away. That's right. Yeah. What are the stories that have happened this week that we haven't talked about? I mean, a bunch of notes here. I don't know if any of them are really significant. Um, there weren't an awful lot of LSA stories this year that I that I noticed. Were there? Well, there was a lot of LSA sales. I, oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't think there were a lot of new airplane debuts. Absolutely. Don't misunderstand. There was a lot of LSA activity here. The LSA mall was a happening place. Um, <coughs> it, it was down a little bit in population, but then there was a little bit more happening down on the farm, the ultralight area, where 35 years ago this week, John Moody here on the flight line at Whitman foot launched an easy riser powered by a big chainsaw engine and made everybody go, Wow. Changed the world, really. Yeah. It did change the world. Yeah. It, it led to ultralights. We started powering hang gliders. That led to trikes, which led to real ultralights, which led to LSAs. Yeah. Other than that, it had no impact. Yeah. We we just, at Sporties, we just put a uh, Skycatcher on the line two weeks ago. We finally got one, and uh, it's number 100. Oh, very and- cool. And it's on the line, and it has been flying constantly. I would imagine, sure, yeah. What what percentage of people that approach you guys about flight instruction show up and say, I'm interested in learning to sport pilot as opposed, as opposed to private pilot? Do you have any feel for that? Well, I think it's about 50-50. They come in, and then, uh, of course, about most... Most of the guys that come in for a sport license, yeah, well, what's your waist size? <laughs> hey, you're not going to be able to get in the Skycatcher. You're a little overweight. And uh, starting with me, 
I don't know how I'm ever going to get a ride in one unless I can find a 90-pound flight instructor. Well, you know the rudder pedals fit. I mean, they adjust yes. back and forth, and it'll fit your length. Right. Yeah. But I don't think Kirby Ortega's under 90 pounds. Yeah. No, but he, he, we, have, we have a flight instructor who's probably about 125 <laughs> pounds, and uh, she's good. She's good. Yeah. What about, uh, uh, I don't know how to characterize it, non-LSAs, traditional general aviation aircraft? Were there any new uh, designs announced here? Any stories about aircraft? There were some stories. Uh, there, was, there was a new LSA category or experimental category acrobatic airplane introduced here. The Snap. The Snap. Yeah, that's uh, kind of funky, huh? And then a day later, they talked about the engine that they're modifying on the foundation of a Rotax, right. giving it fuel injection and, and, and some other stuff, like inverted oil. And Flight Designs um, was talking some more about their four-seater, right? Well, they had their C4 mock-up here uh-huh. and took quite a number of orders for it. Yeah. Uh, and Is it fair to describe that as just an expanded version of their LSA? No. Uh, how is it different? Well, first off, it's a totally new airframe. Uh-huh. It is a cantilevered wing. It's a high wing, four-place composite that will carry a it will carry full fuel and people and luggage and at at good speed with good avionics, a parachute for 250,000 is the target that they're after. Uh, they're taking deposits. They expect to fly it later this year in uh, in, in Europe and have it here flying and probably certified next year and it could really reshape the landscape of that four-seat entry-level airplane because that price point with that equipment and that payload puts it in uh in in kind of distinctive uh, company yeah so uh we had a boatload of avionics stuff we had a new yeah. ignition system stc uh avionics stuff anything in particular stand out what about that uh, uh, iPod thing that talks to the Aspen Avionics? Uh, the connected panel yeah. system that Aspen debuted here. Uh, since Amy mentioned that at our stage show, I've talked to a number of people who have been saying good things about it. Yeah, it's very slick. Uh, that was Aspen. Aspen's working with Honeywell, who's going to make its new 770 all-in-one compatible with the connected panel and the connected pilot system. Uh, we had new uh, uh, all-in-one navigator VHF Navcom from Avidyne that looks very slick, touch screen, and it borrows the best from the Release 9 integrated system, except uh, lacks the primary flight display part. Uh, Gemini, Garmin showed some stuff, uh, and CMC from Canada yeah. uh, was here showing off the uh, smart deck. The uh, uh, smart deck, which yeah. is actually not new, but it's in new hands and it's getting some new bells right, and whistles. Right. One of the big activities that goes on here, and I confess it's a little bit out of, off of my radar, and that is the judging of all these home-built and restored aircraft. Um, and there are category after category of just awesome airplanes and, and winning well-deserving awards. Um, do we know who who won the grand champion this year? What was the airplane this year? Do you you know? got a, You got a newspaper? Yeah, I know. We have to look it up in the newspaper. I only know if I read the newspaper. We'll have to check that out. We'll put it in the show but notes. It's, we'll in, talk it's about online. It. Yeah, so. we'll talk about it in a future episode because it's, it deserves some recognition. The Dreamliner. We talked about it just a little bit ago. Uh, Jeb, you like that. It's not an ugly airplane. That's a beautiful airplane. Yeah, and I'm not going to go down that comparison path, but uh, no, it is not an ugly airplane. It's a very graceful, uh, curvaceous uh, design. Yeah. That's, so, a, that, that's, that's an ethereal word, curvaceous. Yeah. Ethereal. 
It's been quite a week. Uh, it's not quite done yet. We've got another day. We're going to go out and do some more shopping and uh, look at We're a few more airplanes. And do some shopping. Some shopping. Yeah. Not more. Uh, and, uh, and meet up with a few more friends. We're going to be here one more night, and then we all head home tomorrow. We're going to record one more uh, daily podcast uh-huh. probably tomorrow morning sometime, and, uh, and then we'll be done with our uh, air venture coverage for this year. How? what are your, your travel plans here? Well, I'm here. Uh, we can start taking down our booths at uh, 4 o'clock, uh-huh. and uh, we'll probably be out of here about 7. And okay. We've got uh, three or four vehicles. We'll be driving back to uh, Batavia, and uh, seven of us will be on a, uh, uh, a magic carpet going back to... Uh, so you get to sleep in your own bed tonight. I sleep in my yes. own bed tonight, yeah. but I'll tell you, these seven nights have been great. It's been, it's, a, it's been a great year. Yeah, yeah. It really has. Hal, thank you, as always, for taking some time and joining us. It's uh, it's a real thrill for us and a real pleasure to have and, you and as a friend of the podcast. And we thank the Shivers in charge. And, and for me, it's uh, this is fun. Well, that's very nice of you. Thank we're, you very we're much. glad you think so. And uh, Sandy has stepped away. Perhaps she's enjoying the cool air in the, so. uh, in the booth here. But we thank her for stopping by as well. Uh, good luck in the future. We'll talk to you again, I'm sure, in a future uh, episode. Uh, also, uh, th- we want to thank our, fr- our friends at EAA who, as always, are, are just terrific supporters of the podcast and who uh, uh, just just uh, do a lot of nice things for us and, and open doors for us and give us these opportunities to be on the Welcome Center stage and here in the radio station. They and, knew us and, and invited us anyway. They, yeah, they, I know. they make things a lot easier yeah. for us. And, and it's specific, recognized and appreciated. Yes. And specifically, we want to thank the uh, staff, uh, Tom and Jim and everybody at uh, EAA Radio for uh, their help in producing this, these episodes. And, and, for and the, the snappy promos. And for the snappy promos and for them being so uh, so helpful in uh, reconfiguring their gear and uh, and just all of these things. We thank them very, very much for having us. Uh, we already thank Hal and Sandy Shevers for joining us. That's always a thrill. Randy Dufoe, thanks for stopping by. We really appreciate that. Uh, Rick Reynolds was here a little bit earlier. He stepped away because he's got all kinds of responsibilities this week, but we thank him for taking a few minutes and stopping by. And James for participating in the podcast and for premiering your new song here, which I think is going to be a hit. Yeah, I don't know how you're going to top that next year, though. But but uh, he will. Yeah, thank you, James. Uh, Jeb and Dave. So here we go. We here did we it go. again. We pulled it off. That's right. Uh, it's been a good week. Yes. You can, you can <laughs> fool some of the people. Some of the That's time. right. That's right. Um, I would be ten days spent doing eight newspapers for a seven day show, and they all hit the street like they're supposed to. Yeah. That's right. And I we would, got a great staff on the daily. Thanks all of you. That's right. Um, quick uh, a shout out hi to our good friend Phil Weston, uh, former colleague who uh, stopped by this morning. Has been taking a lot of pictures of us, and uh, it's just great to see him. Again, uh, he's apparently been on the road and uh, doing shoots and keeping busy, so uh, he only made it to the grounds today. Um, And last but certainly not least, uh, thank you to all of our listeners. All the folks, look at these guys are hanging in here down here. Not last, but most of all, thanks to the listeners. Thank you to all the listeners that we met all week long at the stage show and at the meetup and just wandering around the grounds. It's always a pleasure to meet you folks. Um, it's a, a, a thrill that we are able to just provide you guys with a little bit of, uh, I don't know, our passion about aviation. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson. David, were you going to say something? Flying home makes your life longer because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. That's right, and that's enough talking. Let's get out there and go flying. See you next year.
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for flying Express Tube Airways today. Please pay attention as we disclaim ourselves from all liability for your discomfort on today's flight. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are participating as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily represent the views of the various organizations they work with. And anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always consider your own situation, remember your training, and fly the airplane. But you knew that. Now settle back and relax as we'll be taking off in just a moment. <laughs> 